Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Lessons in Savvy Living. I am your host, Sia Knight. And as you all know, Lessons in Savvy Living is an opportunity for me to have real women telling real stories and sharing real lessons. So I wanted to have a number of people from a number of different backgrounds. Now, this particular guest has kind of a similar background to me, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of how she has made a different type of shift. So first, without saying anything else, I will say, hello, Kristen Wilson. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great today. I'm doing great. So before we get started with any of the content, what are three things that people should know about you? Oh, such a great question. <laughs> well, okay, three things that people should know about me. The first is I'm a certified life coach. I'm really excited about that because that's actually brand spanking new. Oh, great. <laughs> Just finished up my life coaching certification, so that's exciting. The second thing is that I love helping women to create a life and business of their dreams. I love doing that, that work. And the third thing is that if you hang around me long enough, <laughs> I might just ignite something in you to help you to unleash your true purpose. I am very good at that. <laughs> Oh, okay. So just even by osmosis, we'll, you will get our whole entire life just by interacting with you. Yes, you will feel something. You will feel a shift. That is what I have been told. Okay, now. So, all right. Well, let me get this going because I'm ready to shift. So... <laughs> Today's episode, I'm going to have Kristen tell us a little bit about her journey from educator to entrepreneur and one who creates shifts in, in other people. So talk to me, Kristen, how did you get here from be being an educator? Yes, such a great question. And I'm actually going to take you on a little journey with me. I'm going to okay. tell you a little story about how I landed here, because this is not at all what I envisioned <laughs> as a young girl. Growing up, I have always wanted to be a teacher. It was either a teacher or a pediatrician. That's what I would say when people would ask. Now, secretly, I also wanted to be a writer, but that didn't seem like a career that um, was very popular. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of hid that to the side. <laughs> And I would keep going with my teacher or pediatrician. I was that little girl who would put the dolls together in the bedroom and play school and drag my brother in. And he would have to be a part of that journey, too. Uh, at the tender age of 22, I actually became a teacher. So I, you know, finished out my uh, education in college and uh, got my Bachelor of Arts in elementary education, and it felt so aligned. I was so excited to be able to enter a career that I always wanted to do, right? <laughs> no more playing with dolls, no more grading fake papers. It was the real thing. And I started my career as a second grade teacher, which was amazing. I still think back on that first year and I just think, wow, I learned so much. That was the hardest, most rewarding year ever. <laughs> and I was the kind of teacher who 
pour my heart and soul into what I did. I literally would go to work, teach my kids, come home. I would stay up late. I would plan these amazing lessons down to the detail. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, pull my, my, uh, you know, props and things around the house to get ready for the next day's activities. I would make sure that I had exactly what I needed for every single child. I thought about each individual child's needs and wanted to make sure that I met those needs. And so I did that from the beginning, right? I literally, my identity was wrapped around being a teacher. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> with my identity being wrapped around being a teacher, that was, that was my everything. When people would ask me, you know, what do you do? I'd meet them. I would proudly say, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt so easy. It felt like, you know, people respected that, that job. And, you know, I was doing my life's work. Everything was perfect, right? And, you know, I continued building my career as a teacher. I got a, a master's in literacy. I, you know, continued teaching some other grade levels, just kind of exploring. And there was a point where I realized that something was a little bit off. And it was weird because I literally felt like I had found my place, my space in the world. And I was on this track, right? Like I had decided that after getting my master's in literacy and, you know, really getting into some leadership positions, my principals would ask me, you know, to do different presentations and support some of the other teachers. And that all felt good. And I said, you know what, I've got a plan. I'm going to, you know, become a principal one day Mm. or open my own school. That was the next step (laughs) for me. And I was excited about that. It was like, Okay, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I've got the plan. I know the path. It feels good. So I started working on another degree to, you know, go ahead and get my principal certification going. And again, I hit a roadblock, a point where something started to feel different. And it was the first time that I kind of had this thought in the back of my head that maybe this is not exactly where I'm supposed to be anymore. And it started showing up in little ways where I would go to work and I would be in the middle of teaching and just start to feel like I was having an outer body experience. Like I'm here, I'm teaching, but this doesn't feel right anymore. I actually started having some light, health complications where I would get really dizzy at work and sometimes I have to leave early and it was just this weird energy and I I couldn't I couldn't explain at that time what was going on but I just knew that something was off Mm -hmm. and it became clear to me that maybe I just wasn't in the right place you know sometimes you outgrow places and I had been here in my hometown you know teaching for years and so I said, you know what? I think it's time for a move. I think I'm going to move. <laughs> so I started applying to some different jobs in different states, some different teaching jobs, because I just felt like, you know, maybe it's not the teaching that, that I need to move away from, but it's the atmosphere, 
Okay. So I started applying for different jobs with sending applications and, you know, doing phone interviews and all the things. And I ended up, oddly enough, getting an invitation to do in-person interviews in four different places all at the same time. Wow. And at that time, yeah, at that time I was engaged and, and I, you know, told my fiance and he's like, okay, that's great. That's exciting. And we were planning our wedding. And so there was a lot to consider in a move, but I said, you know what? He's on board. He's excited. He knew that there was some, some uh, differences in me mm-hmm. and that I was feeling like I needed something more. And so we both kind of felt like, you know, a move could be good for us. You know, we get married, you move. So I did a couple of interviews in some different places. And the one place of all the places that I applied that really felt like this could be a good fit for the both of us, for our, our you know, family was Atlanta. So we decided that uh, we would take the leap and we would move to Atlanta. So I'll never forget that summer. We got married one month and moved the very next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we moved to Atlanta and I started my new teaching job. And I was so excited because it was like, oh, great. I feel rejuvenated again. That spark is there. That spark I had from the beginning. I'm feeling good. I remember stepping into that school building and I remember thinking, this feels like a place that I belong. This feels like a place that really matches my teaching philosophy. And this feels like a place that I can really grow and probably even have more autonomy, more flexibility to to be and do and, and move the way I felt like I needed to move as a teacher to impact my students. So got going with the school year and, you know, things were going great. My students were great. My colleagues were great. The most supportive team, literally, I had ever worked with. (laughs) They were amazing. Um, But interestingly enough, you know, things were going and I was moving. And all of a sudden, I would say about three months in, that feeling came up again. And this time, it wasn't a gradual feeling. It It wasn't a slight feeling. It was like... I went to work one day. It was one day we were supposed to go on a field trip. And literally when I walked in the building, it was an overwhelming feeling of you are not supposed to be here. Uh. I heard (laughs) the voice loud and clear and I paused in my tracks. Literally, I was in the hallway. It stopped me in my tracks because I went (gasps) and I didn't know what to do with that because I'm like, I'm at work. What do you mean I'm not supposed to be here? I'm at work. We just moved to Atlanta. What do you mean? (laughs) God, what's happening right now, right? (laughs) So I had those those thoughts and it was interesting. You know, I, I went throughout the day and moved on. But ever since that day, I actually started feeling a pull, a a physical pull. this, um, you know, life that I was creating in Atlanta at this new job. And so I remember starting to go to work and feeling like this isn't for me, but how could it not be for me? I spent all this time preparing for a teaching career. 
what's happening? And I would go to work and I remember it got to a point where I started crying on the way to work, just really being in a place where I didn't understand what was going on. Everything was so aligned. I had a plan. Why was I feeling like this isn't where I was supposed to be? Wasn't the kids, wasn't my colleagues, but it was something so strong, so powerful that I literally uh, could not shake. During that time, I remember reaching out to my family, getting, you know, good, sound wisdom from mom, from dad. And, you know, they would tell me things like, you know, listen to this, listen to that, you know, to, to build your spirits up. Maybe you're just not in a good place spiritually and, and you just need a little boost. Mm-hmm. So I did. I took that advice and, you know, on the way to work, I'd listen to these powerful messages and listen to some TED Talks. I feed my soul. And at the end, when I pulled up at work, the tears came again. Oh my goodness. I was like, no, like there's something seriously wrong. So it was one particular day. I had a conversation with one of my colleagues who was actually a um, grade level chair for our team. I sat down with her and I said, you know, this is a safer person to talk to than my principal. I don't want to scare my principal. (laughs) So let me have a conversation with her. I told her what was going on. I told her what I was feeling and she was so supportive. She said, you know, take you, it sounds like you need some time, right? We're about to go on fall break. And when we go on fall break, you're going to have an entire week to yourself. She said, take some time, pray, uh, do things you love, just get in a place where, you know, you're getting back to yourself and use that time to decide what's really the next step for you. If you need some additional time after that, we can talk about what that looks like. Otherwise, you know, if you feel great and you come back, rejuvenate it, we move on. I said, okay, that's a great idea. This was around October. And so the fall break came and I remember, you know, feeling like, you know, I I felt like I needed a, a good break and it felt really good. And one particular night in the middle of the week, I had this weird dream about a train wreck. It was weird. I was watching this train going and it got to a point in the train track where it could either go right or go left and I as the dreamer had to make a decision on which way it was supposed to go well I chose left and it blew up and I thought oh my gosh (laughs) what in the world I had never paid attention to dreams before Asiya like it was not anything that I had really you know thought too much about I've had dreams before vivid dreams that I remember but this one was like, whoa, I woke my husband up and I told him what happened. And it was interesting because it wasn't until later on that I realized that that dream was so symbolic of the decisions that we make about whether to go this way or that way (laughs) and what's right, you know, for us. But whatever direction I chose, it clearly was no longer the direction for me. And so Thursday came of this fall break, still on fall break, and I had taken my son to football practice. Uh, I picked him up. We were going to go to the grocery store, and then we were going to go home. After the grocery store, I remember um, driving on the way home and not making it home. 
We did not make it home that night. I literally remember waking up on the ground. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I woke up on the ground and I actually thought it was another dream because I'm on the ground and I'm like halfway trying to open my eyes and this police officer is standing over me and he's going, ma'am, mm. ma'am. And I'm like, listen, I've got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> what in the world is going on? I literally thought I was dreaming. And so I wanted the dream to get over quickly. I wanted the police officer to get out of my way. And I just wanted to, you know, move forward. Well, it wasn't a dream. And I went back out again and woke up again in a hospital bed. And so I had been in a four-car collision with my seven-year-old son. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did not realize the details of any of that until later, but I don't remember that car accident. And I spent an entire almost month in the hospital because I broke my neck, I broke my hip, and I broke my ankle. And I remember that it took them weeks to figure out which surgery they were going to do first. All of that time felt like such a blur to me because it just, I was in and out. I was heavily medicated, right? I had all this going on. Um, My family, they poured in to support and, you know, came and helped my husband, helped out with my son. It was a long journey, Um, after that accident, I literally was not able to go back to work for the rest of that year. That accident happened in October, wasn't able to go back for the rest of that year, of course. And, um, that the recovery process was so long and I remember, and I'm just kind of going to skip over the parts of, you know, me being in the hospital and me having to go to, you know, rehab and me having to get in-house rehab. I mean, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And it was so different for this woman who literally um, was a workaholic. (laughs) Like, literally, there was a point where I was like, are the lesson plans done for the kids? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was worried about that. And my family, they were just like, Kristen, honestly, no big deal. At any rate, during that time of recovery, I did a lot of praying and a lot of soul searching. And a lot of crying and a lot of everything else. And I just, you know, asked God to reveal to me what was happening in my life right now. Because, you know, the nudge started a year back before we had even moved. And then all of these feelings when we moved to Atlanta and I was in this new place and I thought things were right. And in this accident, it was like, what does this mean? And what are my next steps? And I remember thinking that, you know, I had always wanted to start a business. And while I was recovering, until I could go back to work, catch that last part. Okay. I said, I, could, <laughs> I, said, I could always just, you know, start a little business on the side. I started picking up uh, some tutoring online. Um, and it was light. You know, there was not a whole lot that I could do. I had to learn how to walk all over again because I was wheelchair bound for months. And you know, so it, it was interesting. I wanted something to do, something to, you know, entertain me and, and to keep me moving forward. And, you know, playing around with starting an online business was just the next step. And it felt really good. So I did that. And I remember, um, you know, 
and I'll, I'll go back to a part that's actually really important here before the accident and during the times where I was coming to work and, and crying a lot, I asked my mom a really important question. And that question was, what does faith look like? Oh. I wanted to know, does faith look like staying where you are and waiting on a door to open? Or does faith look like taking a step, right? Like doing the thing, jumping, right? Like going out there, whatever it is that you feel you should be doing, go do that and trust that it's going to fall into place. It's going to work out. And that's scary, right? What'd she say? What'd she say? I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, she didn't give me a direct answer. She didn't give me a direct answer. She said, you know, it's really about what your faith looks like and what you feel like is, is best. And I weighed that question out for so many months. And after the accident, I came back to that question. I said, you know, what does faith look like? What does faith look like? Because it came back, it came to a point where I had to decide, am I going to go back to work and get back in that grind, knowing that there was something there that wasn't right. Um, Maybe I wasn't supposed to be doing that thing anymore. Or did I need to take a leap? And I didn't know what the leap was (laughs) right (laughs) at the time. So because I did not know what the leap was, I ended up going back to work uh, the uh, April of that next year. So obviously school was almost over in April. I went back to work in a boot, uh, finished the year out. And I remember the assistant principal coming to me and saying, hey, next year, we want you to be in a leadership position. So she was speaking to my, you know, (laughs) my teacher heart and that previous path that I was so excited about. And so when she said that, that gave me something else to weigh. It's like, okay, do I, do I get back on that path, even though something felt off? Mm-hmm. Or do I explore this other thing that I'm not sure of? Well, I did end up going back. But that next year was a struggle for me physically. I was not ready to go back physically. I had, I was still doing rehab twice a week, having to leave early. It was, it was a lot. And so I ended up um, not being able to finish out the rest of that year um, because things just got really, really tough physically. And and I had to decide, do I want to feel better? Do I want to get back (laughs) a hundred percent? Or do I want to just keep pushing myself into a hole and I don't know where that's going to end up. So I ended up leaving early and that was the point where I learned what faith looked like for me because at that time I was without a salary for the first time. And so we were relying on my husband's salary and we had oodles of bills, right? Like most people (laughs) do. Um, And it was difficult. It was so different for me. But during that time, I actually have been presented with quite a few opportunities to uh, still do what I loved in education and be able to make money. I was blessed with an opportunity to start doing some literacy consulting and traveling to different schools on my own schedule. I could do that when I wanted to, however often I wanted to. So I did that for a while. And then I ended up uh, working uh, through a school that employed teachers to work with celebrities, uh, children. 
And I did that and was able to get that experience for a while. So during that time, it really taught me that even though I was afraid to walk away from this job and this life that I knew, that God was always there. And my needs were always met. And I, we were never without, even when I wasn't working. But even when those opportunities presented themselves, I was able to help bring in money in our household. So when I realized that, I said, you know what? My faith looks like I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start a business. Wow. So my first uh, business I started was uh, doing some copywriting online for entrepreneurs. And then uh, I did that and was able to get quite a few clients. I still get clients asking me about copywriting work. And I eventually ended up uh, being presented with an opportunity to get my coach certification, which was really an interesting, uh, it was an interesting thing because I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do with coaching. I was like, coaching? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but I, I went through the coaching program and I realized that what I was learning to do as a coach was actually something I had been doing for friends and family. I literally was, you know, helping them to see their potential and use their personal gifts mm-hmm. to start their own businesses. And I was telling them that even as a teacher, right. know, I told them, you know, you can create financial freedom for yourself. And so all those things that I was telling people, I was doing that for free. And I didn't even think that it was something that I could do as a career. And I ended up uh, getting my coaching certification. And now that's what I do full time. And it feels so, so good. But I have to admit that for a very long time, there was a lot of guilt around leaving the classroom. There was so much guilt around leaving the kids and leaving that life because it was like, what happened to the little girl that spent so much time, you know, playing school with her dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I also realized that there's a time, right. For everything. And those experiences, I don't think they were worthless at all. <laughs> I bring so much of my, my teaching experience into my coaching. So yeah, that's pretty much how I ended up here. Wow. <laughs> I'm teaching. Wow. And and I think you hit the nail on the head. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the little girl who played with her dolls and had everything, the, the teaching aspect, you're still doing that. But it just looks different. Yeah. And sometimes for us, I... My educa- I'm an educator as well. That's my background. And I don't even know if we've talked about this, Kristen, but I've been a, a teacher, a counselor, an administrator. And this mm-hmm. whole world mm-hmm. and, and being this, in this space, I started off in college. I was a um, mass media, they called it back then in the dark ages, um, major. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming back mm-hmm. to <laughs> something that I wanted to do years and years and years ago. So none of those experiences are wasted. I agree with you. Yeah. It's not something, it's not, yeah. oh, you know, you've wasted all that time. It's like, you know what? You, you took what you had at that time and you, you're bringing it with you now. Yeah, a- Absolutely. And I embrace that now. I think that's a really powerful lesson um, that, that a lot of people can benefit from. I have these conversations with people all the time wanting to transition out of careers or start their businesses. And they have a hard time letting go of that old identity. 
Absolutely. There really doesn't have to be old. It's just bringing that identity into what you're doing now. Right. Absolutely. So what is the biggest lesson that you've learned based on your journey? Oh, goodness. I have learned so many lessons. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, when I think about that question that I asked my mom that was so so big and it was you know what does faith look like and I for me I learned to explore what faith looks like for me um I learned what faith looks like in action faith is a word that um you know for those who are spiritual we throw it around a lot and sometimes we don't really think about what that looks like when we are in motion, when we actually do the thing. Um, I talk to so many people who are spiritually and they talk about faith and they talk about how, oh yes, you know, I have so much faith and yet they are so fearful mm. of taking the next step. They, they want to do this, this other thing. They, they've always wanted to start a business. They've always wanted to, you know, do whatever it is, whatever goal they have. And there's always this like underlying fear mm -hmm. and, Fear and faith cannot coexist. I thought I've heard that, and and that so glad you <laughs> said that. That so that resonates so much. Yeah, I I truly just believe that they don't coexist, and so if for everybody who is going on a personal journey and trying to figure out what faith looks like for them, I think it's really important to consider that question and can and and weigh out everything. For me, I literally felt a pull away from the life that I knew. It was almost like I had no choice but mm -hmm. to step out on faith. That was what faith looked like for me. And the proof was in that transition before becoming an entrepreneur, even though I was still, uh, you know, working for companies, it was flexible. But the point is that God was showing me your identity and all that doesn't have to be wrapped up in this job. Right. It, it's not this job that makes you, you know, successful or who you are. I'm going to show you some other avenues and then I'm going to let you, you know, crawl before you walk and do this thing on your own. And now I'm doing it on my own and it feels good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so it's that, you know, that learning of what faith looks like for you. And then also really knowing that your identity is not wrapped up in your job. I think a lot of people think that, and, and it's just not true. You are more than your job. <laughs> that's, that is, that's a word as they would say, Kristen, because it's interesting because as we're taping this, um, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. Well, actually, yeah. please, Lord, well, let's hope we're in the, like, towards the end of it, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and I think that people are rethinking work and family and what's important and priorities. They're rethinking it all. First mm -hmm. of all, some of us have a lot more time to think about it. And secondly, yeah. it's, it, it takes some time sitting with yourself, sitting with your um, your partner sitting with your children and saying, this is great. This is exactly the life I wanted to build or mm -mm, this ain't it. <laughs> this is not mm -hmm. it. As soon as you open Absolutely. those doors, governor, I'm out. Who knows? So I think the type yeah. of work that you're doing is definitely something that, that is needed, um, especially for women. Mm -hmm. um, but 
my question to you is if somebody wanted to kind of get in contact with you and do this type of work with you, where would they find you? So I am primarily on Facebook. <laughs> that is where I'm hanging out all the time. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have a uh, Facebook business page at Kristen Elise Coaching. And I'll send you that link, Sia. And I also have a Facebook group for women who are interested in entrepreneurship and creating financial freedom for themselves and wanting to explore what that looks like. Uh, that Facebook group is The Rooted Entrepreneur. The Rooted Entrepreneur. Yes. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. So I, I have no doubt that people who will see and hear this will, some of it will resonate. Um, I know there are a lot thousands of educators who think of have this um, thought process um, every year, um, sometimes every day, like, oh, okay, this is great. This is wonderful. But is this really what I should be doing? So I, mm -hmm. I think your story hopefully will, will help to guide someone to be able to kind of do that type of soul searching for themselves and to contact yeah. you if to help with that soul searching as well. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to share my story. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, <laughs> you have such a way of making, making me feel so comfortable. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, well, thank you so much, Kristen. I really appreciate you saying yes to, to appearing on the show. And that's it for this episode of Lessons in Savvy Living. Until next time, everybody, stay savvy. Bye.